In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 290. So, Mr. Molyneux, for our comic speakeasy, this is a six? No, it must be six. It must be six. I don't yeah. know what point I'll get to where the Roman numerals will start causing me problems when I type them in. <laughs> but we'll probably just start giggling what they are. <laughs> and people will just look at them going, Comic Speakeasy Exhibit? <laughs> what is that? V1? VI? What's a VI? Is that a car? <laughs> Comic Speakeasy VI? Yeah, I'll probably after 10, after we get to the X. Cause they like they do that with things like the Super Bowl or certain events, and they keep using like the Roman numerals to give it that grandiosity. And it's like, what the, what? What's what an L? Yeah, what is what's an L and an M and oh, I don't know what year this is. Things, when it goes to thirty, it would be Comic Speakeasy XXX. It just sounds like it's a porn thing. Is that? But it's thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We should do that. Comic Speak. We'll get a lot of. Hits. <laughs> That one will get a lot of for. <laughs> a lot of hits and a lot of disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> They'll be surprised, that's for sure. Um, but this time around, I'm going to throw the reins to you and let you, uh, you... You said you got questions lined up and things to ask, and, and I'm, I'm interested and curious. So much so that I said, let's do another Comic Speak Easy as soon as possible. Okay, cool. There's this thing that you do at the end of some of your, your interviews. Okay. And, and also your episodes of Daf J where you suddenly just go, I'm going to just throw you some questions. Yeah. And I really like that. That's my favorite so, thing. I actually... I, I know you like that. I actually wanted to make that, um, when I have a return guest, I actually wanted to do just like, a se- as long as it would take or as much time as they'd give me, like 20 questions with this comic writer. We're not going to talk about, uh-huh. you know, you, you think we might talk about their Batman run or this thing or whatever, but it's just going to be like, what do they actually like? Because we've already yeah, had those other episodes nice. where they've talked about their work. Yeah. Right? So I, I always thought, like, I wonder if, if that would, I would like to listen to that. So I, I do like throwing out those questions because people will enjoy answering them more than, so what was it like inking this page? Like, uh you can find I'll that. I'll tell you for the 400th time yeah. my experience of writing Daredevil. Exactly. <laughs> so, go for it. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Okay. No, this is cool. I know there's, I feel like there's a lot of pressure, but I'm just going to go for it. No pressure. So, yes. question one. Question one. Is there... Shall I number them throughout? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Roman numerals, question I. <laughs> Is there a film, book, or TV show that you'd like to see continued in a comic? Film, book, or TV show? Hmm. I'm not sure because every time I see something that was on like a bigger screen or like a bigger format go to comic, I'm not sure if it's like downgraded, if that makes sense. I don't know. Because I, I was tempted to read, and, and this is stupid, but it's almost like you started at films and it's not a good enough story to continue in another movie? Like, is the comp... Yeah, I see what you mean. 
like okay so here's my answer back to the future was the one and when the comic oh, okay. came, when the comic came out i was kind of like uh, it's they did it? yeah they Who did, did that? idw idw did a couple of series oh, yeah. of back to the future and i bought um, would say the first 15 or so like I was trying but I wasn't really sure what if it was just going to be a mini series or like multiple mini series or if ever it was going to have like definite sort of continuity for lack of a better word it's the only way to put it yeah and what I liked about the idea of that was that um, you didn't have to worry about a budget and you could spend a little bit more time time traveling into all sorts of different eras, you know? Uh-huh. And there's a lot of fill-in story that you could tell through the comic book, which I was keen on reading. And it just never kind of lived yes. up to my imagination. Oh, who was on it? Who, who it was actually, created it? It was actually Bob Gale was one of the writers who wrote Back to the Future. No way, really? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't that it was bad. It, was, it just wasn't like, I'm good with the movies. Uh-huh. And maybe if they had put out yeah. like a nice collection of everything together and I could read sort of the order of how these stories would go. Because some of them were like, here's the story of Biff back in 1955. Like it will tell you mini stories. So I, sometimes I was, right. just, I was just losing track. Okay. Um, well, that's a good question though. How about you? What comes to your they- mind? Weirdly, the thing that came to my mind was something I really didn't expect, which was Visionaries, which was the 1980s cartoon about knights that have the knights of the magical light. But I, I, <clears throat> I love that cartoon. Mm. I loved it. And then they they did a Transformers versus Visionaries miniseries, which I haven't read yet, but I'm, I'm like about to. Only a couple of years back, um, when they when Hasbro forced IDW to start making a more of a universe with G.I. Joe, Transformers. They might as well have chucked My Little Pony in there. It was it was just, it didn't work. <laughs> but they had a version of Visionaries. And, it's, and my understanding is, not having read it, that it's not the original Visionaries. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like it done like with a modern creative team. I think there were comics back in the day. I don't know if it was DC who did them. Um, maybe it was Marvel's Star Comics. I can't remember. But someone did. But I mean, like, now, a continuation now, I'd like to see Visionaries. I loved it. It was weird. Yeah, now that you now that you mentioned something like that, I'm thinking of all of the other things that they've actually made into comics that I would have, that I liked. So, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a comic, became all these other things, but is now a comic again. Um, tra- um, sorry, Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Yeah, they did Master Universe, that's true. And so well, it's not really a continuation, though, is it? No. Or is it? Oh, I see what you mean now. Really? Like a story that the next part of it should continue there. Ah, yeah. I see, I see. That's a different they, type of question. they've done it with um, Buffy. They did it with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's true. They've done it with Fight Club, of all things. Hmm. So it's a Fight Club comic from Dark Horse. Fight Club 2, Fight Club... I think it was Fight Club 3. Um... Yes, there have been a few things that have continued the story and have been quite successful at it. Yeah. That's why, yeah, yeah, that's the question. Man, you stumped me right on the first one because they made a Sons of Anarchy comic book. 
that I was oh, tempted did. that I was tempted to read because I wanted to see how certain things continued or or the like pre the prequel to these stories. Um, but then I was like, is it gonna be good? Is it gonna be a good comic or are they just cashing in on the property? You know, That's a tricky bit, yeah. Yeah, Stranger Things was made into a comic. My pick would have been Stranger Things. Have you read any of those? I tried their free comic book day issue and it wasn't was great. Yeah. So quite often I'll see something like that and I'll go, oh, but you know, oh, I don't know if I'll, because like sometimes you think like if it's in a comic but the TV series is running at the same time, they're not going to introduce any ideas or big reveals in the comic that are going to screw with the series. So it's got to be something that's where it's done. Because like Buffy, I think was, I don't watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's not my sort of thing. But it, um, it was like, they called it season 11 or season, whatever it was. So like they made it clear that it was a continuation. Right. And was still like counted as part of continuity or whatever you want to call it. Right. They did that with Smallville too. Oh yeah, they did. They made a Smallville comic. And I've never, I've I've never read any of, of them. I'm not sure why. I've, it's never intrigued me. They're on DC infinite right i spotted them the other day literally on dc infinite and went I, oh i didn't realize i don't think i actually finished that tv series but it was quite nice i quite liked it isn't it crazy how many books and comics are back and forth or sorry tv shows turn into comics comics turn into tv shows like it's you don't know what isn't anymore uh-huh because I'm trying to think of yeah. stuff, and I'm like, they turned that into a comic. Well, that show I've watched, but it actually is based on a comic. Like I was going to say Umbrella Academy, but I'm like, no, Umbrella Academy is a comic. Yeah. Good question. I'm stumped. I'm stumped. Yeah. Oh man. Do you? So you I had you I... had Visionaries. That was your answer. I asked you. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Sorry, I'm a disappointment. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, we can always come back at the end. I can ask you again at the end because I always remember to do that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could try it again at the end. I'll think about it. We'll do that at the end. Do we never do it? <laughs> okay, we'll try question number I. 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 I won't do that with every single. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your favorite computer game that you couldn't finish? I wasn't very good at video games that much. Probably would have been like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't think I've ever finished that without cheat using a cheat code. I eventually passed okay. all the like the Super Mario's that I grew up playing on. Would you call it SNES? SNES on SNES and and, and <laughs> yeah. NES. I eventually passed all of those, but right. I, I uh computer game I could never pass. You know which was hard? There was I I played this Game Boy game and I got to a point where I could never know what to do next. I was just lost. Metroid. Metroid? Is that like a were you a robot thing or a spaceship in that? Yeah, you're you're a robot. Yeah. I could never it was such a cool, fun game that challenged you and you know, you upgraded your like for for a game from the nineties, you were seeing your character upgrade and grow and all that kind of stuff and learning how to use the different um, things that you add to the armor. You know where to use them. like So you strategize, uh-huh. right? 
So it was fun, but then I got to a point where I'm like, I'm not smart enough. I'm now now I'm too dumb. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to pass this game. I'm smart enough to this point. So I never passed it. And every time I put I still have that Game Boy, I still have that game, and every time I pop it in, it's still on that spot. God. As well oh, that's cool, as Ocarina of Time, I made it right down to the last <gasps> level. I've never played that game. I desperately want to. I love Zelda. Can I tell you, I've never played Zelda until I was 30 years old. And I played it on a Nintendo DS. And I bought it in the the Nintendo 64, like they upgraded it to 3D. And I played Ocarina of Time. And I gotta tell you, it was some of the most fun I've ever had. In a game. And I didn't pass it. Because they had... They had two others. They had spirit tracks on the on the DS. They yeah. They had a bunch of like original and a boat DS. one. They uh, were brilliant. They were genius because as well as that, you could, you could. There was a bit where you had to go like, I can't get past this thing, and it turns out you had to blow into the mic. And if you blew hard enough, it made this thing spin on the screen. And like these are really smart games. Yeah, so good. Now Ocarina of Time didn't have that feature, but all of like paying attention like you there would be parts in this in the game where you were going through these different doorways early on in the game you're going through these tunnels in the forest and it's like this gateway of this gateway and you were lost but what you weren't doing was you had to listen to the music and as you went into the tunnel when the music got louder you're getting closer so follow the music genius so good yeah so good and so i would often tell like parents because i don't have children but parents were like oh my kid wants an ipad my kid wants to always play on my phone i would tell them get them ocarina of time and get on the ds it'll make them smarter and the reward that they'll get from like figuring out that they can play this game it'll be big it's better than angry birds or like Candy oh god yeah right both my kids have played they re-released um oh god it's the you've got to wake the fish egg or whatever it's called what's it called oh i can't remember the name of the damn game now we've been playing i've been playing it for like two years because my eldest has played it and now my youngest is wanting to play it and they're obsessed with it and i'm happy to just sit and play that game and replay that game with them because <laughs> it's just so much fun and i prefer the cutesy zelda to the grown-up looking Zelda. Right. You know, um, Link, you know, the, the, um, yep. in terms of the style, I prefer right. it to look kidified. It, it feels nicer. Right. The Scotty Young version. The Scotty Young version, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I thought, um, oh, go on. No, sorry, go ahead. You you continue your story. I had a question I, in my head for you. Pardon? Okay, I, I won't keep you then. I literally just, um, I bought my eldest a box set of the the manga Zelda manga yeah and yeah. you get five books and then when you uh, it's in a box like a treasure chest yeah I saw that I and when you open it. it it's meant to make the noise but often a lot of them don't make the noise and my ass doesn't but it's meant to go whatever I can't remember all the noises now. <laughs> I normally know all these noises off the top of my head whatever it is um yeah it makes the noise when you when you open it it's supposed to I mean the, the comics aren't great but um, it's just a nice thing to have. Yeah, 
I mean, it, it's sometimes the the kids got to read something that they can follow on their end, yeah. and then it just makes once they know how to follow it, they're excited to read something new or better, right? Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, that's cute. That's really nice. I almost bought that. I'm like, what are the chances uh-huh. though that it doesn't work? Because I heard that. I'm like, mine oh, didn't yeah. work. Mine didn't work. All the reviews were like, yeah. this thing doesn't sing a song. <laughs> I think you can open it and change the battery but I think the batteries are quite expensive oh, so Japanese oh, right that's true I got um, it. and it's quite hard to open because you're not really meant to open it right got it what were you going to say so I was listening to one of our older episodes and we were kind of talking about the, the state of like fandom and, and seeing you you would took your kids to an amusement park and you see so many kids and parents wearing like superhero paraphernalia right t-shirts and whatnot yeah and you were saying like but i'm willing to bet that you've never read a comic before so what came into my head was what we were talking about the secret handshake like what would make us know that somebody's a comic fan like what is that certain phrase or something that for them if they made this reference you'd be like we speak the same language What yeah. is it for you? I'm trying to. I was trying to think like, what would that be? How would somebody kind of prove their, <laughs> in my snobby mind, prove that they're a real fan? Not that that's a real thing. Everyone's a fan. Everyone's a fan. We're just but some nerds. of them are real fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not a real comic book fan. We're just nerds. Oh God! It still makes me laugh when someone someone said to me, "You're not a real Marvel fan." Mm. Like, dude, seriously. <laughs> Finally, I cool. someone someone doesn't recognize me. That's that's it's like good. It worked. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful, my riddle. Jeez, that's so funny. But yeah, like what would be those telltale things of like yeah, that guy's a comics guy. Because it isn't the even smell. a matter of it being like Marvel, DC. It's just a comics guy. Because they're 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 or gal, comics people. Comics person <laughs> or not human, they might be an animal. <laughs> That 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 is happening. Um, it's possible. Um, I don't know. I think it would vary depending on what universe or whatever they were into. That's how you could really tell. Right. You know, it's like when, when people refer to a character looking a certain way, and you go, "Oh, you're talking about the films." Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. That's true. So what happened to me once was um, not really happened to me. I was watching a television show on. Netflix. It was Cobra Kai. And in one of the season finales or near the season finale, one of the kids in the circle of friends made a reference to a very classic old wrestling match from the 80s that no kid that age would know unless they really knew what they were talking about. Right? Yeah. This is like the Hart Foundation versus the British Bulldogs at whatever. And I'm like, I know what he's talking about because I like that crap, right? I'm like that's a great reference of how he used that, you know, that pop culture thing. That's a great way to use it, but you'd have to know wrestling to know what he's talking about. It's like a deep cut. Uh-huh. So I feel like the same thing would have to happen with like comics, but I don't know what it would be. Really? Someone the other day, they, they haven't said they're a comic person, but someone the other day, there's this 
situation somewhere. I can't even go into the details of it, but basically, if you drink this water at this place, you risk catching Legionnaires disease. <laughs> um, and I said, I said, make sure you don't drink the water from that tap. Don't drink the water from that tap because you'll get Legionnaires and you won't even get a flight ring. <laughs> I, I was gonna wait and see if they know what I'm talking about. That's that's it. That's that's the way to do it. Like if I heard because somebody, yeah, go ahead. First time I met them, yeah, they said that there was like, okay, you have to take a, a name, a, um, a clue from this bag, like at this event. I'm like, okay, and he referred to it as a bag of holding, and that made me realize he's a D and D person, right? So you know, you make a little reference to yeah. see who twigs. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. That's the, that's the secret handshake, the secret grip. Like if somebody ever so I think said, he's a D and D guy, but not a comics guy, or not a DC guy, anyway. Right, right. See, I think if I heard somebody say, make a reference to Kirby Crackle, uh, my head uh-huh. would spin. I'd be like, who said that? Who knows what that is? <laughs> yeah. Right. Because to know to call <laughs> yeah. it that, because there's times where I look at like other things that have that sort of effect. And I'm like, oh, look yeah. at all the Kirby crackle. Like, that's great. I downloaded a brush yeah. for Photoshop when yeah. I had Photoshop. Yeah. That does the Kirby crackle. Ah. It's lovely. It was really nice to use. And I, I think I made, I, I tried to shoehorn it into one of the logos. Because on the reading orders, some of them, I can't get logos for some characters, so I have to make them. And I did the scrolls. Yeah. The original logo I had for the scrolls reading order had Kirby crackle in it when ah. I made that logo. I love Kirby yeah, Crackle. It looked, it looked terrible though because I made Scrolls actual wording just look shit. But it had Kirby oh, Crackle. Well, well. It's okay. It had Kirby Crackle. Had Kirby Crackle, which <laughs> sounds like the best cereal a comic fan could eat. Right? There's a band yeah. that named themselves that, and they did a theme really? song for a podcast. Yeah, uh, Comic Geek Speak. I mentioned them before too as well. I think and just listening to our prior episodes. Um, they have their theme song done by Kirby Crackle. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I don't oh, know if the man. band is any good, but that's a cool name. Right? You gotta yeah. know something about comics to say that. Question number three. Question number three. Who was your fictional childhood crush? Fictional childhood crush. There's definitely a couple, but I the one that comes to mind during that age where you're starting to like notice different things about girls probably would have been when I watched Friends, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Early though, early Jennifer Aniston, and like when she worked at the coffee shop. Okay. Yeah, I had I I don't know what why something switched in my brain, but I remember watching that show early. I was maybe ten when it came out, ten or eleven years old, and Courtney Cox was the one that I recognized. She had been in Ace Ventura Pet Detective and you'd kind yeah, of seen she her was around. Bruce Springsteen video. She was. She was in Masters of the Universe. I'm bringing that up again. I should be taking shots every time oh I say God. it. Oh my God. I forgot. Yeah. So I had seen her before just growing up. I'm like, she's the star of the show in my head. Yeah. And um, just as the seasons went on, I just I started to get a crush on Rachel Green. I don't know if it was the haircut or what, but and then and then uh, oh, but it's not fictional. Hmm. I was gonna say the singer Selena that died, the Hispanic singer that died. Uh, they have all those movies about it, Jennifer Lopez, and 
no, she, I don't know. You don't know? You never heard of Selena? There's a no. Jennifer Lopez movie. It's a biopic of a young... Uh, she was a Texan, but like Mexican-American singer who was murdered by like the president of her fan club. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a heartbreaking no, story. I didn't... Jeez, okay. Yeah. Is it worth a watch? The film? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like... Have you ever watched La Bamba? No. Okay. I was going to say it's kind of like that, but you wouldn't get what I mean. It's a really sweet... Pardon? Have you seen... Yeah. Have you seen... That that, that should be a a speakeasy. Have you ever read... um, I was going to say her, but she was a real person. So yeah, let's go with Rachel Green. Yeah. How about you? Okay. Daphne from Scooby-Doo. That's so funny. That's my wife's name, too. (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious that is, well, that's why I thought I'd better throw from Scooby Doo in there just in case <laughs> that's so great you look at my missus you look at my missus mate <laughs> oh, oh it's up here son I'm trying I'm trying to think if there was ever a, a cartoon or a comic book character who I was into maybe Wonder Woman Wonder Woman's a pretty easy pick uh huh it's it's funny there was a there was a guy I know and he said he his um his partner his boyfriend he said I realised I was gay when I realized I found I really fancied Optimus Prime. I'm like Optimus Prime. <laughs> Are you sure really? it's just gay? <laughs> <laughs> they might that they might not have a letter for that yet. <laughs> Sorry to meet my cop. They thought I was laughing Um, by myself on that one, Dave. What the heck? That's called that's called mechophilia. Mecca. That is the yeah. That's the term. Yeah, mechophilia. If you if you do it with cars, oh, with a car. Now is that is that a a faux pas? To be a I guess a philia is not a it's never really a good thing. Um. No, it just means. It's, I think it just means you jag it. Yeah, but see, whenever I hear philia, I think of like necrophilia, pedophilia, oh, yeah. mechophilia. So it's always associated with a crime. So is it a crime? <laughs> um, as long as the car is consenting, right, it should be fine. Right. <laughs> I got so many inappropriate or, jokes that the, I don't even want to cry. In a car park. <laughs> uh. How did we get here? Daphne. <laughs> it's always Daphne's fault. <laughs> I wrote a song about Daphne from from Scooby Doo. Really? Yeah, I wrote a song, and I, I never got to perform it. And the only bit I can remember from it at this point was the line that was, "I was too young, and you were too dimensional." I was too young. Oh my goodness, that's funny. That's good. <laughs> How old were you when you wrote it? Oh God, I was about. 16 when I wrote the song, but like I, I liked her for when I was quite little. What, okay, Daphne is the, the tall redhead. Yeah. Okay, and what's the, the one with the orange sweater? Velma. Velma. Yeah, I always thought that was Daphne. Stupid, silly me. Good, I mean, she kind of looks like Rachel Green. <laughs> it's couple circle. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, question number four. Question number four 
is what's your favorite cartoon sound effect? Something from Looney Tunes, for sure. Ooh. Yeah. It, it would probably be something from um, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Maybe the whistle. Uh-huh. I like how it fades. It's so simple. There's this weird noise they make in those cartoons, in Warner Brothers ones. I think when they hit someone with a, a hammer, and it's like it's two noises together, it kind of goes... But I can't. You can't emulate it because it's two noises together. So I don't know what the two noises are. Neither of them are a hammer. Hmm. But you know, it's when they get two sounds and it, and it just makes this indescribable noise. Like that a hammer really would, crazy. right? Like a hammer does. Kind. Of, you yeah. can't. You can't duplicate what this. You know when you hear it, but you can't duplicate it. You know what also comes to mind in um, the olden time cartoons is the uh, the Fleischer Studio Superman. When they would do the opening credits, yeah. and they would say, um, "Look up in the sky," they would they would do like faster than a speeding bullet, and it would, like it would make this sort of sound <laughs> that sounded just fast. I just always loved hearing oh. that because it I knew like oh a Superman reel is gonna play like this is exciting. Oh man, I'm gonna have to look that up and keep a listen, keep a little ear out for it. Have you ever Not watched those cartoons? The Fleischer Studio. A bit, a bit of one. A mate of mine got um, really obsessed with them a few years back, and he went, "Have you have you seen those? Have you seen the animation in those? It's so good. It's better than a lot of modern animation. Like it can't be." So I watched some of one, and then for some reason, like I got interrupted or whatever, and, and I didn't get to finish it. But like, it was surprisingly good animation for for the time. It's crazy, but I, I haven't really watched any more than that i just kind of forgot it was pretty it was pretty cutting edge what they were able to do back then with such a new sort of technology right there's just i always remember the scene of of superman when he i mean it didn't make sense but you 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 believed it there was lava coming down and he just put his arms out with his cape and it just fell all around him and you could feel kind of like the heat but you also felt this sense of safety that superman was he could stop lava. Like it was just something about it that worked perfect. Wow. It was it was quite a quite a stunning sort of scene. Yeah, it was good. They cost a fortune, didn't they? I think they were really expensive to make. They must have been. They they had to have been. I mean, you think about the effort that goes into. I mean, you don't have a. I don't know if you have as much of a crew, and and I don't understand animation uh, economics, but the amount of like effort that everybody put into each frame and scene like for them to have an hour and a half of that to tell a story is amazing yeah and it's, it's crazy and it flows like like especially when you watch something like a pixar and they almost feel three-dimensional like that's a real world that you could step into you could believe it it's a, it's awesome so cool yeah Shall we continue? Oh, that's cool. I will continue. I will say that my, my I have two favorite sound effects. Yes. Oh, I didn't ask you yours. I'm sorry. One is that no, it's right. It's meant to be for you, not for me. But I, I'm just I had some prepared, but just in case. Yeah. No, I want to actually know what yours. <laughs> One of them is the Transformers yeah. transformation yeah. noise. Yeah. 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 Love it. Yeah. And the other one is, and I don't know which is my favorite of the two, but the other one is when Scooby and Shaggy run. Hmm. And it makes this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
want when I run, I want to make that noise every time. So if I had a genie wish, that would be my genie wish. I want to be able to like, make that noise. Do you want money? Nope. I want to make that <laughs> noise whenever I run. But bear in mind, I never run anymore. And can you make me two-dimensional so I can date Daphne? I like the way you cleaned that up. Thank you. <laughs> you would be two-dimensional. Okay. I, I, I'm very two-dimensional already. Um, so what's your favorite comic book sound effects is the next question. Oh. Favorite comic book sound effect. Um... I don't know what the sound effect is, but I definitely know that Walter Simonson draws it. Yeah? Yeah. What in Thor? Yeah. I think it's just when when maybe Searcher's banging the hammer. Doom. Doom. Oh, yeah. I love those pages. It just, just his, the power. It Like, he integrated, I guess it's called, what is it? Anamanopia? Like, that's the word for sound effect. Like, like, verbal sound effect. He made that a part of his art. Yes. Very much exactly, part of the yeah. page. And I love that about that book. It's one of those things that, I don't know, it, it sticks out in my head when something happens and, and there's the sound word sound effect in a Walter Simonson. I feel it. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know which, which is the other one? This is my favorite. What? Thwip. I love a good thwip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Thwip is satisfying Banff is quite satisfying though, I think Banff well. is good too Snicked yeah all the Marvel ones Snicked Banff Thwip you want it this is really nerdy what confession time when I went okay. when I went uh, in Mexico I went ziplining with my wife across like yeah. the jungle right and as we're, yeah. we're we go in tandem so as we're going, I'm making flip, 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 flip sound effects the whole time. <laughs> and sometimes I'm timing it the way he would in like the cartoon. Like you knew like there was like a... He was actually swinging. Yeah. Thwip. Wait uh-huh. for it. Thwip. Wait for it. <laughs> That's how much of a geek I could be. I'll admit. There was nothing wrong with that. I used to <laughs> snick a lot. There, there was a point in time when I was in school when um, snicking was a threat. It was like, don't, don't mess with me, I'll stick to you. And there was this one one kid went like, as if that's going to do anything. And I literally like, snicked and then just did the right in his ribs. No. <gasps> yeah, he was a little shit. He was a bit of shit to me, so I, like, he got snicked. I, I don't, I didn't get in fights, you... apart from that other fight that I mentioned a well, while back. Well, when it's <laughs> adamantium fingertips... Who's going to fight Dave Molyneux? Snickting. <laughs> exactly. We're really, Don't really... Don't my adamantium nails. Yeah. Yeah, we're Also, we're of course, there's the, um, the prime sound effect from Captain America 368, I think it was. As an English person reading that as a kid, when he hits um, one of the skeleton crew in the face... And the voice says to him, Captain America, I command you to. And it says, wank. <laughs> That's a good catch. Yeah, yeah. Good one. That's very good. Although I think the best one is, I can't remember if it is, it was Hero, the Heroic Age Prince of Power. Um, and it starred Amadeus Cho 
and it was after the death of Hercules. So like he was now the prince of power. And there's one issue where he fights Thor and all the sound effects, because it's like, because Thor's, I guess, Scandinavian or whatever, whatever you want to, I don't know. My geography sucks. Um, all the sound effects are based on Ikea furniture. It's right. brilliant. It's right. worth it for that. Read that comic <laughs> just for that. It's worth it. That's great. Oh man, just thinking of the all the IKEA furniture that I have in my house, they would all be in that uh, in that issue. Yeah, I can't remember Ektorp. I'm, I'm really bad at remembering the names of those things. Billy, I got a Billy bookcase. I don't know if that's I'm a. Pretty uh, sure they someone got Billy. Yeah, someone. Got... <laughs> uh, what are my bookshelves called? That I, I don't even know what they they're called. I I know what they're called when I want to buy a new one, and I say, "Can we get another one of these?" But I can't. They're not coming to me now. The little towers. They have these little. Um, well, the thing I don't know. Yeah. I help you. I'll get Misha. She'll know. Yeah. She knows. My she knows it all inside out. What you need is one of these. Like, I can do work for them now. Like. Right. Right. Are all your shelves? This is really entertaining conversation. Are all your shelves from IKEA? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so let me talk you through the construction process. Basically. <laughs> oh boy you know what's funny is that it actually comes along i very nerdy again when i watch some people's uh youtube videos or they display their their bookcases such as yours i ask myself what do they got like what where did they get that how would that work for me to display like i look at those things now the thing is it's worth knowing because i've had people look at mine and say i had the same when the shelves broke so be really careful and I'm kind of like well I can't afford new ones <laughs> this is what I got and this is like I when I look at the these the, the Billy bookcases that I have and they give like the weight of how much it could hold I'm like I'm not sure but it's almost 40 graphic novels that's pretty heavy I'll tell you that much <laughs> why are they telling me in bags of sugar I need to know in omnis <laughs> Why yeah. don't you people talk my language? <laughs> oh, that's good. Do you want another question? Yes, yes. Before yes. we go delve too far into home furnishing. Um, okay, what's your favorite dinosaur? Raptor. It's got to be a raptor from Toronto. Toronto Raptors. That's our oh, sports. Okay. Is that a thing? What that... Is that a sports team? That's our basketball team. Yeah, it's a sports is team. It? Yeah, sometimes I enjoy watching a good old basketball game, Dave, with my guy friends, and we drink beer. And I bring a comic, and they make fun of me, and then I thwip them. <laughs> you need to snick to them; then they'll, they'll never do it again. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's our sports team, uh, Toronto Raptors. We don't have that here. We don't have like animal names in sports teams. No, it's it's a very North American thing to name your team after a bird, or some type of an animal, um, or some type of industry. Funny enough, like you got the Pittsburgh really? Pittsburgh Steelers, because because Pittsburgh is known as the like steel town where they would all the, in, the oh steel... I thought it was like Steelers is in you know thieves stealing no yeah <laughs> yeah like stealing the ball yeah or like you got some cool names like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their logos are like pirates and stuff or, you know it could, yeah that's cool yeah some sometimes it's cool sometimes it could get real corny. But, uh, yeah, it's a very North American thing. And, and our team, um, our basketball team, 
premiered right around the hype of Jurassic Park, the first movie. Right. So, yeah. Um, and, and actually, it's funny that when I said that to you, I was confusing the sports team with the actual movie because we have a, a spot in front of our arena where the team plays, where during like the playoffs, people pack out outside and watch the game uh, on the big screen. And they call that area Jurassic right. Park. So it's very much all associated with the the hype that was the 90s Jurassic Park film. We named the team the Raptors. Okay. But they're a terrifying, evil dinosaur. I think my favorite yeah. dinosaur would probably be the Brontosaurus, like the big long... Like, it reminds me more of my dog. Even though it's big, it's not going to hurt me. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably a bit more reassuring. But a raptor um, is just... It wants to eat me. Obviously. Yeah, that'll kill you. Yeah. Unless you just put your hand in front of it, like in Jurassic World. Just That's put right. Your hand out. Yeah. A couple snaps. That stops them every time. They go, oh, sorry, you want me to? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll wait here. Do you, do you enjoy that uh, franchise? No. <laughs> Is it because you're a big dinosaur fan and they've ruined uh, dinosaurs for you? I think, what, um... I don't know. I, I just I was never into it, but like um, when you have kids, they, they tend to all kids tend to immediately gravitate towards dinosaurs. So we've got this this program here, a TV show, yeah, called uh, Andy's Dinosaur Adventures, and you learn about actual dinosaurs. It's incredibly cheesy, but from that, I started to really kind of take more of an interest in dinosaurs again, I guess. Um, I loved an ankylosaurus. I loved ankylosaurus with the big hammer tail. Although, from what we've been talking about, I wanted to make that bonk noise when it hits with the hammer tail. <laughs> That's good. That was a good. You almost uh, got the sound effect. I think you can. You can. Uh, if Warner uh, was a Warner Brothers, yeah. If Looney Tunes is looking for a sound effect guy, you've got the. However, you did it. That was good. I'm not even gonna attempt. I'll apply this weekend. <laughs> Oh, that's good. What question are we on? Six, seven? Um, we're on number seven, which is who's your favorite famous comic book fan? Favorite famous comic book fan? I would have to go with Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, that's a good choice, actually. I didn't think of Kevin Smith at all. Yeah. I think I think of him as more of a, almost more of a comic fan than a director at this point. Yeah, that that it um, and it isn't so much like I just know how much he respects and loves it. Yeah, and he's never ashamed to like tell the world, even if he knows what's going on or not going on in comics. Sometimes he does he doesn't, but he's just a genuine fanboy, in a good way. And uh, I mean, he named his daughter Harley Quinn. That's so cool. Yeah, of course. And, uh, and and to be honest, I got into podcasting because of Kevin Smith, so I'd have to give him the kudos because I probably would have never found podcasts when I did or wanted to do a podcast if it wasn't for Kevin Smith. Ah, of course. And it, yeah, isn't even, it isn't even because I love his work. Do you like any of his films? Um, I enjoyed, I like the early ones. Early ones are got a charm to them. I like that they got that sort of do-it-yourself feel. 
he yeah. and you see him getting a bit better, trying new things, still kind of doing what he does. Um, there's times where you can, if you, if you know, when you sometimes catch the laughter at the right time and it, it, it could stick with you through a stand up comedy or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's been times where I've caught the laughter in some of his stuff and it made it more enjoyable. But it, I, you know, which one I actually like from him? My favorite Kevin Smith movie is Dogma. That's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah, same. I love I think Dogma. that was probably his the pinnacle. Really, yeah. I mean, I, I love Clark's, but you know, it's still really rough. Um, and I do have a soft spot for Chasing Amy. Morats is a bit, but Dogma's just got it. Yeah, Dogma's. It's all the things of him that work, and every and and the people performing it. It's all. It's just. It's really smart. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Dog. Yeah, Dogma. That's a, so Kevin yeah, Smith. How about you? Who would be yours? I'm not 100% sure. I, I, I think Eddie Izzard likes comics because he was asked about a superpower. He had a super, someone asked him a question on a radio interview um, where they said, what superpower would you like? And he chose running at super speed like The Flash at a point in time when The Flash wasn't really particularly well known in the mainstream. And I kind of got the impression by that and a few things he said that he's a little bit of a comics fan. Um but I don't know for sure that he is. Um, I'm a big fan of Scrooby's Pip. I know that he likes comics. Um, and I used to occasionally chat to him on Instagram about comics. And I've recommended comics to him, which is quite quite funny. Um, cool. Yeah, I can't, I can't... I couldn't think of anybody apart from that. Now that you mention um, Scrooby's Pip, who's a rapper, there's a lot of rappers who are big comic book fans, lifelong comic book fans. And... Uh... Yeah, hip hop group Zarface or MF Doom, uh, Method yeah. Man, big comic book fans. Uh, Eminem is a big comic book fan. Um, there's a, a producer. I don't know if you ever heard of Pete Rock, very famous hip hop producer. Pete Rock and no. CL Smooth were a, a hip hop duo. Um, he's a big comic book fan, and I think. Um, one of like the more famous engineers, as weird as that sounds, it's it's Jay Z's engineer. His name is Young Guru. He's a big comic book fan. He actually goes sometimes on his Instagram and he'll show like stuff that he had from the seventies. He's got like all oh, kinds of really cool first appearances that he bought with his dad. He said like my dad took me to the store and we bought these, and he just like wow. just flashes them on. Like some some rappers will flash you their jewelry. This guy's flashing his. Iron Man first appearance of Thanos. I'm like, oh, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool when you see people who are um, famous and comic book fans. Now, Eddie Izzard is is he a she now? I think he, I think it's a she, right? Yeah, I think pronoun wise, Eddie prefers she her pronouns and and tends to dress more feminine. Um, Comedian though, right? Yeah. Comedian, yeah, and an and actor, yeah. So, because I was a big fan of the, the about the four, first four DVDs of his stand-up shows, uh, stand-up shows, I struggled to get them right. Um, but yeah, like a massive influence on me, huge influence on me. Really? As a kid, yeah, yeah, like, like I would quote Eddie Izzard a lot. Um, I want to watch no, one now. That, 
Huh? I want to watch one now because I love stand-up comedy. I, I love it. Watch. Uh, is it Dressed to Kill? I think Dressed to Kill is the one that normally hooks people in. Okay. So the first one's a little bit a little bit weaker. Um, because I mean they're quite old now as well. I think Dress to Kill is like late nineties. Mm. But it's a really good show. Are you a stand-up and it was comic fan? Films in oh. San Francisco, I think. Or was that sorry? Oh, I, I continue speaking. It's okay. I was just asking if you're a stand-up comic fan, generally. A little bit. I used to be. I used to go and see people. Um, I haven't seen anyone since Ross Noble, who's a. I think he, he's an English comedian. Um, he improvises almost a hundred percent of his show. Wow! But it's insane. And then for some reason, I thought like he asked the audience a question, and I chipped in, and it was the wrong answer completely. I was going like, I can't. I've just suddenly started talking. There's like five hundred people here, and I'm talking to the guy, and I'm wrong, and I know what I'm saying is like it was who sung, who teamed up with the KLF to sing whatever song it was and I just felt like I think it was doesn't Tammy Wynette or something no, I think it actually was Tammy Wynette and I, I had the wrong answer anyway but he did a, about five minutes doing a conversation between Christian Bale's Batman and Tom Hardy's Bane <laughs> and he's literally just going <laughs> and he just but he just kept doing this and it was like a bit more long winded and complex than that but he said at one point he stopped and he looked up and he went he went, I can see from the audience, I've literally lost 50% of you, so I'm going to have to stop doing this. But I'm having so much fun going, <laughs> I did get a few, when you did your um, uh, Sin City impression, I did get a few yeah. comments of people saying that was great. Like they were oh, laughing, really? they were laughing out loud because you just leaned into it more. So yeah, that was a special shout out to, to Dave's impersonation completely impromptu person that was good are you shy in, in a crowd of people do you get it do you get like stage fright or like are you i have a stage persona oh okay. so when i used things i would go on as alston ricketts who believed he was a rock star ah and then when i come off i go like i want to go home now <laughs> right so yeah so that's why i was fine doing plays and stuff and i'd be a character um, as Alston so like Ricketts Shakespeare and stuff and so I did theatre studies for a bit and everything but I've done like that that's like years ago and then as in the band stuff I'd be Alston Ricketts ah okay or Stanley Casino so I had a couple of different personas I like Stanley Casino I don't trust Stanley Casino but I like him <laughs> never trust Stanley Casino <laughs> he's named after an actual casino oh really where I live yeah that shut down there was a place called Stanley Casino, and I went, I'm going to change my name to Stanley Casino. And we basically did covers um, that were basically Richard Cheese and Lounge Against, Lounge Against the Machine covers, where he does swing versions of metal songs and rock songs and hip-hop songs. Um, and we just did that as our opening act because we didn't have a support band, so we were our own support band. And then um, Stanley Casino would slag off Osteopath, the metal band, and that was us. So, like... <laughs> Alston Ricketts and Stanley Casino hate each other's guts, but they're both me. <laughs> oh boy! I feel like Bruce Banner. Yeah, <laughs> we should have Alston Ricketts on on our next comic speakeasy. Oh my god! But you have to use a different accent. 
You're almost yeah, like just, um, Andy Kaufman. Jeez, well, he's, he's just more like a more arrogant version of me, if you can believe that. At least <laughs> Stanley Casino at least had an accent. Does Does uh, Austin but Ricketts have an English accent, or is he American? He's got... A, it's more like an American singer accent, but he behaves in a certain way. It's more like a behavior thing. Okay. With Ricketts. But then, like, I'll play characters at work. So I played... I put on it. I just put. I just go into character. There's like, there's. Am I really going to go into this? Um, <laughs> there's. Oh god, there's a police officer who deals with really low level crime. And I can't remember his name. Hey, oh look, there's uh, Pritstick left in the uh, gutter. It's a gateway drug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And then, like anything that seemed like a low-level crime, that would be him. But what was his? I can't remember his name. And there was a Shazney who's um, basically the town tart, and she says the most re- repulsive. I think she's basically meant to be a, a hairdresser. Some of the hairdressers that I had cut my hair, female hairdressers, and they talk about way too much about what they're doing at the weekend in too much filth and detail, and that's what she's kind of based on. And um, it's just riddled with double entendres, and I don't know what she's going to say next. I literally don't know what she's going to say. It's, it is like another personality. Why am I confessing this? Um, um, when a friend of mine left left work, I stopped working with it. Got another job. Um, I wanted to do a voice box thing where I recorded some phrases that she would say. Mm-hmm. And a mate of mine said, "Why don't you record it on Waze? You know, like the, the direction, uh, right. like sat nav." Right, thing. right. So I did. I recorded all of the things on Waze for when right now you're just gonna have to pull out oh source. <laughs> make sure you take a left turn at the roundabout. So all right. Um and that's that's how she talks, but it was basically that so she she drives what? to work with Shazday. That's great. That was a kind of cool thing that you could do with the GPSs, right? Is you could add a, a voice to it to give you what whoever you wanted it to be. I like that. That yeah. was fun. It's, it's cool. I would never have thought of it. And a mate of mine suggested it. That's great. Um, and I'm so glad he did. So I was literally out of ideas. <laughs> uh, there awesome. we go. That's a, an insight into my multiple personality disorder. So question eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever create your own superhero identity or character as a kid? No. No, I never did, actually. I had a lot of imaginary friends, though, as a kid, speaking of multiple personalities, because I was an only child. So I would create brothers and sisters to have around. And I, I guess the you're, you're kind of forced to have an active imagination when you're an only yeah. child. So there was a lot of all of my action figures would get thrown into the mix. And I think to this day, I still talk to myself out loud because of it. Now, I know I'm I'm not talking I'm not talking to a person. No one's answering me back, but there are like I kind of sometimes have out loud conversations. Even hypothetical yeah. conversations. Very strange. Do you have arguments um that you lost where you get to win them again? That's what I do. <laughs> I reenact an argument, but the idea is I'll win it, but somehow I still lose it because I just have that kind of mentality. <laughs> you lose it to Alston? <laughs> <laughs> yeah or Stanley Casino punches you out um, I, I have in a weird way I've, I have prepared like arguments out loud that you know you're gonna have 
whether it be at work yeah. or maybe maybe you had one with your spouse and you're trying to sort it out and you know kind of it's almost like you have pre-recorded i don't know if anyone else has this maybe i'm just nuts you have you know people well enough to know how they respond yeah. or react yeah no i'd say the same and i work out like imaginary conversations I don't know if it's if, if it helps you in arguments or not, but I'm re- I'm oftentimes like I'll collect data over time and think about it. It's good to be prepared. Yeah, make a list. It's 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 called oratory. Oratory. Yeah. Do you do it too? I think. Yeah, I do it all the time. Oh. I do it a lot. I think the thing is, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't an only child, but I didn't necessarily always get on that well with my sisters. So I tend to play on my own quite a lot and I think I I don't know if that influences me talking out loud a lot more otherwise it's a lot of silence isn't it yeah so like if you if you talk like I talk to myself in here I'll talk to myself making a drink and some people will go like what are you talking to yourself you're like yeah like I don't care like I'm fine with it so if you find it weird that's more your problem than mine because I'm still going to carry on yeah no I've I've always uh Again, otherwise it's just quiet. Yeah, and there's a and and I'm I've gotten so accustomed to it that I I almost preferred it. I desperately wanted a sibling growing up, desperately. Um, but then I got to an age where it's kind of like, well, this is who I am, and I've yeah, I, I I appreciate not to plug, but I appreciate solitude. I see the value in it. I don't like yeah. being lonely. Loneliness, I feel, is different than solitude. It is. Right? So I think people don't necessarily understand that there's a difference. It's almost like as well with um one thing that's really frowned upon as well is is, is not necessarily liking social situations. Like if you if you do you know what I don't feel like speaking to people today. I'm just gonna spend some time on my own. And then some people will go like, But that's weird. Yeah. Like it's not. Sometimes you need it. Not everyone needs it, but I'm the kind of person that needs it sometimes. I'm exactly the same way. I I very I and I appreciate more spending time like this, not on over screen, but like hanging out one on one. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Like I don't need all the boys to come out and we're gonna all be there. Like one or two, because then I'm gonna really I'm gonna be as inappropriate as we all feel comfortable with. We'll all tease each other, <laughs> and we all know that we have to help each other get home that night. Like. It's that in, yeah. that sort of intimate thing. You have a natural respect and, and attention that you're giving to that person because I've chosen to just spend time with you, right? I like that yeah. better if I'm going to spend yeah. time with a person. No, I'm weirdly exactly the same. Um, I don't like groups. The thing is, like, I used to be the, the life and soul person, you know, always making the jokes, always like, and if someone else would be the funny guy, I'd have to out-funny them. Yeah. And then as I got older... I would if someone funny came along. I'd just go. They can just take over now. I'm gonna have a break. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't feel that need anymore. And then, like, if I go, so if I go in a group, I'll literally just go. I'm just gonna sit back and just observe. <laughs> yeah. That's that's exactly. So me. if you want me to come in, I'll come in. But otherwise, I just prefer one one because I, for one thing, I'm deaf as well. Really. I'm quite deaf. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think you've told me, and I've been like, oh, yeah, really. Just, Sorry. Yeah, it's not great. My hair is not great. It's all right. Um, but you're yeah, you're so also colorblind, right? Are you just trying to rub it in now? 
No, no, it's the colorblind. <laughs> it's the colorblind thing that you told me. That's what I'm trying to remember. I yes. said, okay, maybe the being. Yeah. yeah okay. So is yeah. your hearing when you say that you're deaf? If your daughters call you across the house, you won't hear them. Sometimes it's it's not consistent. I'm not like deaf deaf, but it's it's my hearing is pretty bad. Okay. Like if we go out, if there's a lot of ambient noise, I can't hear anything. So if you if you were ordering food, I had to let me just do it because I can't hear what they're saying. Got you, got you. And I think it's probably metal that did it. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I can. I hate to say it, but I feel like I'm starting sometimes to question my hearing. Not that I can't hear. Like I, there's often times where I I'm tuned in and I can hear things well. Like I can listen to that table talk. But yeah, it's because I always had headphones on growing up, and I still wear headphones yeah. to this day. I all day long I listen to podcasts or music, and I don't. I've never liked. You don't listen to things at medium. If you're going to listen to the music no. in your head or in your car and you're alone and you don't need to hear another person talk, you have to be belting it. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? So now I'm like, I sometimes put the car radio up all the way. I'm like, why is it not bothering me that it's so loud right now? And I don't know if it's, an, if it's a digital feature because the music's louder on a CD always, right? Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's the digital aspect of you're losing some volume and sound and all of that when I play stuff off the iPad over Bluetooth, but yeah, it's like uh, there's a limit. There's a limit. There's a limit. Like on your phone, on yeah. the Apple phone, I'll turn the music up as much as I can, and it's like it's not going any higher. And it's going, no, you can't. It's going to destroy your ears. I go, well, you're not my mom. Right. Like, yeah. Let me as loud as I want. Yeah. Get out of here. Let me go deaf. <laughs> let me deafen myself now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I'm starting to maybe you gotta just take it easy, take a break, just wear them as ear pu- earplugs, that sort of thing. But yeah, it happens. Yeah, it does. But no superhero identity. No, no. I clearly you must have had a couple because you already have a couple pseudonyms for adults. <laughs> so who are your superhero <laughs> identities as a kid? <laughs> Mine's really bad. I did create a character that was based on me, <laughs> but I ripped it off completely from a. So I think what was it in? Oh, it was in Secret Wars, I think. So in the '80s Secret Wars Marvel UK series, in the back of it there was a, there was a, like a little comic strip, like a half a page, um, starring Macho Man, and he was a crap superhero, basically. So he was a parody of superheroes. He was done by this guy called Lou Stringer, who used to do similar cartoons in the back of Transformers and G.I. Joe. Um, in G.I. Joe, it was Combat Colin. It was very, it's very British. It's a very British thing to do. And I ripped him off, and he was called Macho Molly, because obviously my, my nickname at school was Molly, because of Molly knew. Mm-hmm. And he was basically the same character, but I changed a couple of bits. And one day someone went, have you ripped this off of Macho Man? I was going, absolutely not. Nope, nope, absolutely nope. But they say not at all. They always say that the the first steps towards creativity is imitation, right? Like you got to learn to yeah imitate, and then I think the second one is in, inter interpolate. Like you go, you you take portions of it and you start to like blend it, and then you get okay. like like a mishmash. You start to mishmash yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and out comes you. Like then you yeah. become your own whatever artist it is. 
But imi- uh-huh. imitation is always always the key, right? That's the highest form of flattery. What's yeah. that? Yeah. It's also the highest form of flattery. So, yeah. Lou Stringer, if you're listening, <laughs> I copied you. And it was Macho was Macho Man? Macho and Molly. God, it's just so bad. So it'd be like a like a it was like a Captain Marvel thing where he could it would be me and then I'd turn into a muscular oh. adult. It was M A C H O. Yeah. But see, he ripped that off from a wrestler because there was a wrestler Macho Man. Randy Savage. That's right. Yeah, he may have done. He may. He may not. Have done. I mean, the thing is, like at that point, there's like a song I think as well. It's like called. Macho man, macho. That's macho right. That's man. right. That's true. That's true. The the, the village people. Yeah, you're right. So macho, as well in the eighties. I think it was quite a big because it was like nineteen eighty four. This was. I don't know when macho macho man Randy Savage. Yeah, it was around debuted. then. Do you? Uh, he debuted early eighties, and then became a really big star by eighty four. He was a pretty big star. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, ties in. but I think who knows who was first. But I think at around that time in England, I don't know if if Randy Savage's Macho Man would have permeated pop culture yet, like that. So. I don't think many people, because if you watch wrestling, it's because you had cable. Ah, okay. and most people didn't have cable. Got it. That's it. So yeah. so wrestling to watch wrestling in the UK, it was like yeah. a, a a program privileged people to watch essentially i guess i mean we had an equivalent we had uk wrestlers and they were basically fat men <laughs> in really bad leotards one was big daddy he was the big famous one big daddy he was basically a, a quite a fat old couple <laughs> and he was this dude called giant haystacks who was a big fat slightly younger guy but with a beard there was no muscle well there probably was muscle but i feel like, like muscle men had you been had you been exposed to it, I think you would have been a big wrestling fan. Yeah, if I'd been younger, because I didn't really see wrestling until I was about late teens, early twenties. By which point, you kind of going, "Come on, yeah, yeah." Is this it? Yeah, I think it had had it, had you caught on to it in its eighties uh, heyday. Uh, I think you would have been really. This sounds silly but like enchanted by it because of the storytelling and the characters and the the psychology of the play that they're putting on that people were buying into it was it was like first yeah. the, in a way the first sort of reality tv done in sports oh. is, okay. you knew that this is scripted like when you watch reality TV, it's like that's planned. That's that. Oh yeah, they just happened to yeah. show up at the same bakery in town, huh? <laughs> but maybe people are fine with that, but they've always been funny about wrestling. Hello. Right. Exactly. And and once you get into even just like the the build up of a storyline, and you kind of see like, yeah. oh, this guy challenged him to his title, or this guy took away his girlfriend. So like everybody sort of feud. They built it for months. They would cost a person a win. They would. Oh, okay. They would be in each other's lives, saying like, "I've had enough of you getting in my way or disrespecting me, or you, you know, you build it, and then they'd have a big payoff." Yeah. And by that time, those two guys working together were oftentimes really good friends. But what they did in that ring, the only thing oftentimes that was 
scripted was the finish. This oh, okay. guy what has, is the who won? Who won? He has to win okay. like this, and the referee will know this is when they do the count. Like it was almost carnival like. Yeah. But a lot of the other things they would do were improvisation and they would hurt. Like that looked like it hurt. Because it did. It did hurt. Yeah. And when you yeah. and when you I think of some bits Yeah. With what was it, mankind or whatever he was called, and oh. was, that appeared to be his actual blood. It was. He really put his body through all of what you saw. He was a masochist. And his body is paying for it now. Like he's got no hips. It's just but he oh, just geez. loved to them it was an art form because they are live performers telling the story stuntmen and they're going they're feeding off the crowd's reactions in real time it's quite yeah. a, it's quite a feat when you can when you could pull that off every week yeah although i think when i did discover it that was when the rock was big. Yeah, yeah. That was the period. Makes I remember sense. watching some bits where they someone had to kind of wait because I think they were meant to something a certain thing was supposed to happen, and then they had to wait. It was really obvious, like, oh, this is really awkward. And then you have to do the people's elbow, but someone was lying in the middle, so he had to jump over them when he did the run to either side. And then, he, and I started emulating that as a joke, just to be annoying. So you have enough drinks we'd start doing wrestling moves on each other. And then these, we had this big party in my house, in my flat. And um, I started doing it to the to a mate of mine. And he was like, can you can you stop? This is really annoying. You're like, nope. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it, I wouldn't let up. I kept doing people's elbow on it. And then his <laughs> mate was this huge guy. And he basically picked me up and did a pile driver. And he basically landed on his ass and my face went into the floor. But he didn't know we had a concrete floor. And my nose just exploded. It literally just... No! Just blood all down my face. And I got up. They thought I was going to be unconscious. And they got up. I got up and I was literally just laughing because it was... It was funny. Oh, my goodness. But it hurt. Was it broken? No, I don't know how it wasn't broken. I don't know how it didn't, like, split the skin. Jesus. But there there was a lot of blood. That's nuts. What a, I mean, it's not a cool story, but what a, what a cool story. <laughs> You've been giving people people's <laughs> elbows, and you got what you had coming to today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I think you would have liked it. It's it's very interesting to listen to and, and hear so many comic book uh, people draw so much inspiration from professional wrestling. Yeah. There's something to yeah, it. It does tie up the costumes, the names. It's it's very similar. It's very similar, yeah. And then it's this sort of as a kid, especially when in the '80s they were larger than life, like superheroes. They're the only people who could get away with wearing leotard or tights. Yeah. And you were scared, like only <laughs> right. The only things you could compare that to was a superhero in a dumb costume. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. No, it's totally. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Sorry. Uh, Sorry about that. What question oh, are we on now? Nine? We, I've got two questions left. Okay, let's try uh, this. One of them, the next one's quite quick, and I think you'll go like, oh, obviously. Um, so 
if you lost your hand in a freak sheep shearing accident, would you prefer if it was replaced with a whisk or an octopus? <laughs> a whisk or an octopus? I guess an octopus. I just don't know how having it on my hand. Yeah. Yeah, octopus. Yeah. The tentacle. You already like climb walls potentially. Yeah, yeah, the octopus hand for sure. It's just Yeah, it's good good. And range you could hide it. You could hide it. You could just pretend you're carrying a shell with you all the time. Yeah. They camouflage as well. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Say. Why a whisk? I'm not a baker. I just like cookies. With the octopus well, hand I, mean, I can like hold it. If you baked a lot, that could probably come in handy. And also in a fight situation, um you could you could just <laughs> show the, the wind up motion. Dave, if I have octopus hand, I can hold all of those things. Imagine. I could yeah, have two whisks going. I could have someone breaking eggs. Another one bringing a yeah. cigarette to my face. It's perfect. Definitely. I want two octopus hands. <laughs> Maybe we can get them on the feet as well. Yeah. And then you literally can climb walls. Be perfect. So I told you, it's quite an obvious one. Obvious. Um, okay, last question. Yeah. What is your favorite quote or line from a comic book? So the obvious one would probably be Spider-Man, right? With great power, there must also come great responsibility. Is that the right way to say it? I know there's sticklers. Have that on yeah, a belt the original buckle. Is different, but yeah. I have it on a belt buckle. I like it you so do. much. Oh. But I would say recently I read um, in Fantastic Four from Hickman. There was a page where I don't remember the exact quote, but I do want to remember it because it meant a lot to me. Where it said like, where there's tomorrow, there's hope. And where there's hope, there's forever. Oh. And I liked it. It was just the way it, it was all broken down because of what they had just gone through. Um, yeah. What would keep them going? Because it was uh, the future foundation. Oh, that that's it. There's if there's hope, there's a tomorrow. If there's a tomorrow, there's a future. If there's future, there's hope. And if there's hope, there's a forever. Something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Okay. I like oh, that. That's cool. It's something to just in those tough moments of the day, just remember that. Because in those tough moments yeah. of the day, I don't want to think, well, with great power, there must also come great. Oh, screw responsibility. <laughs> I want a little hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no more responsibility or power. <laughs> Just want to sit here and read my comments. It does. All right? Just leave me. Just in peace. That's not a good line for a, for a character, no. isn't it? I just want to be... Look, leave Hulk alone. There you go. Yeah. You won't like me when I'm angry. That's another good one. How about for you? Well, I think that was the TV show, wasn't it? What's that? You won't like me when I'm angry. I think that was the TV show. It was. He, he he had to have said it in the comic, though. He must have said it in the comic. Yes, he has done. Peter David's chucked that line in. Yeah, for sure. How, so how about for you? I, uh, I went through a phase of saying... Um, people would go, like, if I'd say something, that people, people would go, like, how do you know that? And I'd go, I'm Layla Miller. I know stuff, which is from X Factor. And they'd just kind of go... 
it's not a great quote, but I just like that it means nothing to no one apart from me. Um, but my favourite <laughs> line, and I've, I've used this in a in an awkward situation, um, and it's a line from Preacher when he's dealing with quite homophobic people, and he knows it's going to stir them up. Um, and this guy steps to him, and he says, "You look like the kind of guy who crawled through a perfectly good whorehouse to get to a fat boy's ass." And then the fight starts, and for some reason that line stuck with me. <laughs> And I've, I've used it. <laughs> That's a good line. Can you say it one more time? As inappropriate as it was. <laughs> we'll, we'll lose people. Um, you look like the kind of guy who crawled through a perfectly good whorehouse to get to a fat boy's ass. <laughs> I like it. I might say it. I think it's like, if you fall, it's really early on. It's when him and Cassidy get in a fight outside. Oh, Okay. I gotta read. I gotta read volume two of that omnibus. It's on oh my, my shelf, God. staring at me. That and my Green Arrow. That got like a black label shelf right now. Those books are staring at me. I really want that Green Arrow stuff. I just can't afford it right now. I want them to re-release it so I can slot it into my budget. Yeah, it's. Uh, I. I'm not gonna recommend anything because I always disappoint you with my recommendations lately. <laughs> no, but, I recommend stuff. But I love that Green Arrow. It, it surprised me. It surprised me enough that I, all I wanted was the volume one because I just thought the volume two was going to like slag off and uh, it's just to complete it. But I like the first volume so much that I wanted the, the second one. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's probably on uh, Infinite, DC Infinite. So I might try and pick it up on there. Yeah, yeah. But it won't it. be in order, probably. I don't know if it does it veer off much. There's a couple of annuals and stuff, but I think it's mostly the main book, right? It's main book, yeah. The main it's the main book. Yeah. Give it a shot. I just want to see what you think of, of, of it, especially realizing of when it was made. Like I I always bring myself yeah. back, like he's doing some really cool things early before people are like now it's very trendy. But he was doing stuff so that's why sometimes I feel like these things aren't new to be making it the advertising thing like there was people always doing these sort of stories that are very important to the world and the, our culture and he does environmental yeah. stories because he was a hunter um i think i talked about this on an episode with you uh, mike grell was a hunter actual bow hunter so he understood uh -huh. the art of it all and he did this a uh, couple issues where ollie is traveling the world he's kind of hopping from continent to continent for a bit all in this big storyline but while he makes these stops he deals with certain things that are known of that region right so when he gets into africa in the real world in the real world so when he gets right. into africa he's dealing with like a poaching sort of scheme yeah and the way that they break down the criminal aspect of hunting as but also the necessity of hunting okay it was done in such a elegant way to make you understand like there is a important purpose to people who do hunt properly like there is a necessity but there are people who are doing this and they're ruining this ecosystem that we need to function a certain way yeah and the fact that he was able to put that into a comic book in the nine, like early nineties, maybe eighty nine, even 
Like that's yeah. I felt like I learned something. And I, I always feel like look at what you can get out of a comic book. You can actually learn something legitimate sometimes. It was cool. Yeah. Well that's that's the whole funnily enough, that's the whole point of that that, that Layla Miller line. Is that normally when when I come out with something and I know something, it's normally from comics. Mm. And rather than just say it's from a comic, I say that line, which is basically me saying it's as a joke a to myself, right. it's from a comic. I like it. That's and instead great. they just go, huh? <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're never going to get it. So I'm just, that's all you're going to get from me. That's great. I like stuff like that. Dave, this was a fun speakeasy. Cool. Oh, oh did, did you, did you want to, uh, did you have a, uh, we can check on it next time. Want, <laughs> but the, the continuation did you have any thoughts on the continuation uh, for, in comic form? No. The problem is, I'm sitting in my comic room. So all I'm seeing are comic-related yeah. product. So I'm like... Like uh, Kaiser Soze. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I need to be in my... I need to flip through my movie booklet or my television show booklet. Can't think of anything. I'm going to think of one for next time, and I'm going to... Okay, deal. All right. Thank you, buddy. I had a, another great, great time, great conversation. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you guys enjoy it and you have as much fun as we do when we get into these silly shenanigans. Um, <laughs> rate and review the show. Follow the Omniverse Comics Guide. Follow the Cave of Solitude. Easy to find, and we uh, we do chat with you. If you've got any questions about comic book... Special shout-out to the people who have been messaging us about comic book collecting and, and um, asking us for a little bit of advice and help. We're always happy to help in that regard because comics are fun. They make you happy. Yeah, too, right? All right. Thank you, buddy. Let's do this again very soon. Thanks, dude. We will. I have to come up with some more questions for you. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.